0: All right. Great job, kids. That was awesome. Okay. They worked very hard on that for like four weeks. So they did really well. Okay. So now today, I know you guys actually just came back from, the Disc Dads came back from Disney this morning at like 3 a.m., So, praise the Lord, they're here. Um, But I bring that up because today we're going to be talking about Disney a little bit. All right, any Disney fans in the house? Woo! All right, well, okay, just a couple. All right, that's still all right. So, what's your favorite Disney character? Shout out your favorite Disney character. Peter Pan? Rapunzel? Mulan? That's a good one. Huh? Huh? Oh, Cusco, Cusco. Yeah. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Luke Skywalker. Yeah, same mine. I guess those count. Lady and the Tramp? I've never seen that one, but I'm sure it's great. Simba? All right. Yes. So, but if we're talking about Disney princesses, mine's probably the same as Evan. I like Rapunzel the best. I like the story. I think it's super fun. Cinderella, classic. Yeah. So, what's special about Rapunzel though? We're going to talk about Rapunzel a little bit. What magical long hair? Okay, why? Why does she have such long hair? Because if she cut it, it wouldn't be magic anymore, right? Yeah. What else? What else is special about Rapunzel, Bennett? Trauma. trauma. Yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. So why? Why trauma? Because she lived in a tower for 18 years of her life. Yeah. yeah. So she had to wait a super long time. to. Uh, her whole childhood, she just lived in a tower, and she waited, and she waited, and she waited. And what did she wait and really wanted to go do? Go see the lanterns. Yes, the lights that come on her birthday every year. So for those of you that haven't seen Tangled, there's the synopsis. Today, we're going to be talking about Rapunzel a little bit. The, the, the sermon title today is called Tangled. All right? And and the reason we're talking about Rapunzel is because she waited and waited and waited and waited. And we're talking about Tangled today because our sermon is on waiting today. And that's going to be the focus. Now, we've all gone through periods of waiting. Maybe not like Rapunzel, but well, we've waited in traffic. We've waited at the grocery store much more recently than in the past. We've, we've uh, waited at Secretary of State. Kids, you've waited for birthdays, Christmas, Halloween, the weekend, summer vacation, right? We've waited for movies to come out or to go on vacations or for this pandemic to be over. Am I right? Yes. We've waited to hear God's voice. We've waited to see his direction. And we've waited to see his wonders work in our lives. Waiting's tough. And we all do it. We all do it consistently. We're always waiting for something. And none of us like it, but it happens to everybody, Everybody goes through periods of waiting. So for me, I went through a period of waiting about a year and a half ago. I was getting ready to graduate from college with my degree in mechanical engineering. And so I started applying for jobs and I started, like, you know, getting my resume out there and, like, asking people. And I started that in August before I graduated. And I heard nothing. And then graduation came around and I still had nothing. Thankfully, I was interning at a company and they let me stay on as an intern. And nothing came after graduation. I, I was a, a full time intern for four months after graduation until finally they had an opening for me and I was able to um, get a job at that company, which I'm still at today. And I'm blessed by it because I have a great group of people that I work with. I like the job. I get to talk about my faith a lot. Um, it's just a really good environment. So I'm blessed and I'm thankful that I went through that period of waiting. But yeah, it was pretty horrible, it was really annoying felt like nobody wanted me. It kind of felt like um, I was just kind of like, well, we'll take him if he's still here, you know, at my current job. Um, but that's what we're talking about today is waiting. And sometimes our lives get tangled up, and sometimes we need to wait. And times of waiting bring different things to our lives. But there's one thing that we can wait for together, which we're going to talk about, and that's, that's the thing that's going to bring an end to our waiting. So turn to some chapter 40, and we're going to read the whole thing. at 17 verses. While we read this psalm, understand that it's poetry, and it has a deeper meaning, and it has a deep symbolic language, and it's illustrative, so let's keep that in mind as we read it. I'm reading out of the ESV. It says, I waited patiently for the Lord. He inclined to me and heard my cry. He drew me up from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure. He put a new song in my mouth, a song of praise to our God. Many will see and fear and put their trust in the Lord. Blessed is the man who makes the Lord his trust, who does not turn to the proud, to those who go astray after a lie. You have multiplied, O Lord my God, your wondrous deeds, your thoughts toward us. None can compare with you. I will proclaim and tell them, and tell of them, yet they are more than can be told. And sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear. Burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come. In the scroll of the book it is written of me. I delight to do your will, O my God. Your law is within my heart. I have told the glad news of deliverance in the great congregation. Behold, I have not restrained my lips, as you know, O Lord. I have not hidden your deliverance within my heart. I have spoken of your faithfulness and your salvation. I have not concealed... Your steadfast love and your faithfulness from the great congregation. As for you, O Lord, you will will not restrain your mercy from me. Your steadfast love and your faithfulness will ever preserve me. For evils have encompassed me beyond numbers. My iniquities have overtaken me. I cannot see. They are more than the hairs of my head. My heart fails me. Be pleased, O Lord, to deliver me. O Lord, make haste to help me. As for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. Let's pray real quick. Dear dear God, thank you for our time, Lord. Thank you that we have our kids up here. We pray, Lord, that we'll all learn a little something today about waiting and how that can transform our lives in the short term and the long term. God, thank you. Be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, context of Psalm chapter 40. It's written by King David, as with many of the Psalms. Um, and it's inevitably during a time of waiting. As we see in the, verse, the first verse, it starts off with, I waited patiently for the Lord. And Psalm chapter 40 is nearing the end of the first book of Psalms. You'll see it if you read it, it's broken up into like five main books. Book one is from chapter 1 to 41. And these first 41 psalms focus a lot on worshiping God as he walks beside us. And there have been many psalms previous to Psalm chapter 40 uh, that discuss waiting for the Lord. Psalm 25, uh, Psalm 27, 33, 37, and the one before this, in Psalm 39, verse 7, it continues the theme of waiting and asks, who do I wait for? Well, this one is the one that answers that question. This psalm answers that question. It says that we wait for the Lord. And Psalm 40 gives us an example of what happens when we wait on the Lord from David's perspective. So let's go through this psalm together on a journey through David's experience with waiting for the Lord. And again, I, wanna, I want us to keep in mind the, the poetry and um, understand this psalm through that lens. Um, the first thing I think that we see in this psalm is that waiting is wearing waiting is wearing that's, that's going to be the first point today, it says I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined to me and heard my cry, he drew me out from the pit of destruction out of the miry bog so that's like a really distinct image that gets put into my head, kind of like quicksand or like a swampy muck, if you've ever stepped in one of those lakes it's just like disgusting and you want to get out of it Um, but if you're in the middle of this bog, it's pretty hard to get out of. But it says that um, David was waiting patiently. So he seems to have been waiting for some time, especially considering the context of the past psalms that also include that theme of waiting. So in this waiting period, he falls into this miry bog. He fell into the pit of destruction, whatever that means. Well, Maybe some of us may actually know what that means right now if we're going through a similar situation. We may know what it means to be in a pit of destruction. But David wasn't silent in his waiting. While he was waiting patiently, verse 1 tells us that he cried out to the Lord. And the Lord heard his cry. Waiting patiently is difficult. It can wear us down, for sure. It can make us feel helpless or useless. Maybe that's even how David, the chosen king of Israel, felt. Even at times when when he asked the Lord, he cried out to him and he waited. Even the king, the most powerful man in Israel may have felt this way. And it seems to be the case in Psalm 40. But um, I felt weary waiting for a job, as I said. It took a toll on me. I didn't like it. But, and it wasn't quite to the point of what David was experiencing. But we see the result of David's waiting, however. David calls, bless the ones who wait for, and trust in the Lord. And God works his wondrous deeds towards those who wait for him. He was given a new song to sing. And I saw one man put online a uh, cool quote. Um, David was taken from the mire to the choir. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, not mine. I'd like to take credit for it. But from the mire to the choir. And he sings this new song. While, while it was wearing, wearing David down, David ends up finding his deliverance. His cries were heard. And his waiting was over for a time. He was shouting it from the assemblies of the worshipers. A sense of relief and a period of waiting had been over. Waiting was done. Isaiah said that youth and young men grow weary and exhausted, but those that hope in the Lord will renew their strength. I would consider David in that category, a youth, a young man, who had to go through this waiting period, but he put his trust in the Lord. And David knew, what David knew, though, is that this is not the end of his battle. We kind of see a shift in verse 11 um, where we see a transition from a time of celebration to a time of preparation for the future. He had gone through a waiting time. He had been taken out of it. He was celebrating, but then we see him preparing for the future. In the same way, we need to prepare for what's to come in the future, be prepared for the waiting and the difficulties that we may face, which is point number two. Waiting is recurrent. It's wearing and it's recurrent. And David seeks the continuing mercy of God when it's recurrent. Verse 11 says, as for you, O Lord, you will not restrain your mercy from, from me. Some translations also say, um, it makes it seem more of like a petition where it says, um, Lord, don't restrain your mercy from me. But ESV, and it seems like the more literal translations seem to say, um, just calling out his mercy. But some of them say, Lord, don't restrain your mercy. So it, we kind of see like a transition to like preparing for the future and seeking God's help and God's deliverance. And we see the shift going back to the evil surrounding him. He calls out his sins, he calls out his failures, he calls out how they're surrounding him and how they're getting to the point that he can't even see anymore. He says, I cannot see because of all the iniquities have, have overtaken me and um, my evil, evils have encompassed me beyond number. He asked for a rescue, and he asked for it quickly. The thing about waiting, unfortunately, is that you're, you're kind of never done waiting. When you're done waiting for one thing, it seems like you're just waiting for something else to happen after that. You kind of just move on to the next thing. For me, I was waiting for a job, and believe me, the kids in TC Kids, they knew about it. We'd ask for prayer requests every Sunday, and they'd say, yeah, we know you need a job. Remember that? And we'd pray for that, and then the Lord blessed me, and it was great. But then, I started waiting for you know to move out of my mom's basement once and for all, (laughs) which didn't end up being the case because I had to move back in there again for a week. But (laughs) um, I waited for to to get a house, and I got one. That's great. Uh, I waited for my daughter to be born, and you guys all saw her today. That's great. I love it. Waited for Christmas because Christmas is just an awesome time. Then I waited for springtime because it was too cold. Then I waited for my one-year work review because I was really excited for that. And we have, like, some budget changes thrown in there. And we got new housework and future plans my father-in-law has been helping me with. And, and Steve, too, yeah. And seeing my kids develop. So it's just, like, more things of waiting keep piling on as, like, one thing that's checked off. We got another thing that we need to wait for. That's kind of how it seems. In David's case, he waited for King Saul to stop hunting him down. He waited to become the king of Israel after being anointed years before. And he waited for the Lord to deliver him from his enemies. So we need to be prepared for all stages of waiting in our lives like David was. He was delivered from a time, but he sought the Lord for future times of waiting and difficulty. He knows that he's going to enter this miry bog again and this muck and this mire that he's going to not be able to get out, get out of. And he seems to be returning to it in the middle of this psalm. He's kind of like been re- removed, but he's like maybe kind of creeping back in there and asking the Lord, hey, don't let me go in as, as deep next time. Kind of how, how it seems like to me. Uh, and David ends his psalm with humility in verse 17. Verse 17 reads, as, as for me, I am poor and needy, but the Lord takes thought for me. You are my help and my deliverer. Do not delay, oh my God. So he knows that he's afflicted. He doesn't have the ability or the righteousness to overcome his afflictions. He's in the middle of this miry bog and he can't get out because it's kind of like, I picture it kind of like quicksand where if he tries to move, it just kind of gets sunk down there deeper. Um, but he's, he knows that he's in need and he petitions to the Lord the source of his help. So when waiting recurs, he will have his past experience and experiences and i will have the Lord to bring him through. And the Lord's going to continue to incline his ears, incline to us. That's another thing that I like about this psalm is, is we see kind of like he crying, crying out to the Lord and the Lord inclining, taking interest in David's cry. And the Lord's going to continue to do that and deliver him. And each time we're re- delivered, we can rejoice a little bit more. I brought something with me today. Um, Abby's been playing with this quite a bit. She loves it. Um, What do we got here? Anyone know what this is called? Marionette. Yeah, this is a Marionette puppet. Um, And I want to use it today as kind of like a little side lesson, you know, to go along with our lesson. So this Marionette kind of like represents us a, a little bit. We're like, but we also like have the ability to like move ourselves to Um, so sometimes we like to um, you know take things on our own we like to live lives on our own or we like to determine what God likes to do in our lives instead of allowing him to do what he wants and lead us so we take action ourselves rather than waiting for the Lord to guide us and we try to move ourselves but the thing is we aren't as good at leading our lives as God is Sometimes we don't see the big picture. Sometimes we get a little tangled up. Sometimes we end up a little bit more like this guy, where we got nowhere to go, and there's no help. How are we going to get out of this mess? And we, maybe we try to, like, fix it ourselves, and we find ourselves getting a little bit more tangled up to a point that, like, man, we're in a sticky situation now. How are we going to get out of this? Or we try to go in a direction that that we think God's wanting us to go in, but really that's not the way he wants us to go. Or we continue in our tangled direction. Or we're just neglecting God altogether. It gets us more tangled. In reality, maybe we just need to take a breath. Take a second. Wait. Cry out to God so he can incline and hear our cries. Then he can help untangle our lives. (laughs) so he can help untangle our lives Um, when we wait patiently for the Lord as David did he can prepare us for what he actually wants to do through our lives then we can be prepared to do his work after learning our lesson and deciding to do what he wants rather than what we want when we wait it's worth the wait because we can become untangled and we can be prepared for the Lord Sometimes we're tangled up in life and we just need to wait and allow the Lord to untangle us. It goes with the theme of tangled where, you know, maybe sometimes waiting is the right thing to do. Because, yeah, it's wearing. It's not fun. It's recurrent. It happens all the time. But number three point today is that waiting is worth it. It's worth it. It's not, the first two points are not the best news, but the, the third point today might be the best news you hear all day. So that waiting is worth it. We see the end result of this of, of waiting earlier in this psalm when David rejoices in the great congregation and he's praising God in front of all these people. But let's back up one, a little bit more. Uh, in verse 6 through 7, it says, In sacrifice and offering you have not delighted, but you have given me an open ear, burnt offering and sin offering you have not required. Then I said, Behold, I have come in the scroll of the... Book, it is written of me." So we see that it says, God a sacrifice is not what God desires. Sacrifice is not what helps speed along the waiting process. We can't really do anything to help speed that along. Rather, it's, it's obedience, um, that's the thing that David exhibited that allowed the Lord to hear his cry and incline his ear and help him out. It was the obedience of David and the trust in God through his patient waiting that allowed him the opportunity to be delivered. It's not his obedience that brings him out of the pit, but it's his obedience that allows God the opportunity to bring him out of the pit. Sacrifice may seem a little bit out of place in this psalm because it's writing about waiting and it's writing about deliverance and we're asking, God, pull me out of this swamp, please. Please. So it kind of seems like out of place. But there's a deeper meaning in this psalm. The deliverance doesn't come from a sacrifice that we make, but from obedience. It comes from doing the will of God. And this is explained further when this verse, these two verses are quoted in the New Testament, in the book of Hebrews, chapter 10, verse 5 through 10. It says, Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, Sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body... Have you prepared for me? In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God, as is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said above, You have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, Behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. And by that, we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for all. So, when Christ came to earth, he set aside the importance of sacrifice in order to do the will of God. That verse in in verse 9 says, um, I have come to do your will. He set aside the first in order to do the second, the first being sacrifices and offerings. He set aside those sacrifices and offerings in order to do the second, which was doing God's will. He said that's more important than these sacrifices and these offerings. In waiting for the Lord, obedience is key. Patiently waiting, crying to the Lord, continuing to do that, persevering and obediently listening. This psalm speaks about confession of sins. It speaks about the confession of the Lord. It speaks about... Um, obedience to him, and it speaks about ultimately leading to the sacrifice that Christ made, which is kind of like a hidden meaning, but we see it in Hebrews 10 that it's kind of broken out into that meaning. We we don't need to make sacrifices. Christ made it for us already. What we need to do instead is just be obedient as a result, obedient in our hard times of waiting, obedient in the great times of, of being delivered from a waiting time, obedience to the will of the Father, But what is that will? Maybe we don't know what that will is. But that's okay. Patiently wait. That's what this is saying. Cry to the Lord. Allow Him to hear you. Allow Him to untangle the mess that may be in your life. And just take a breath. Allow Him to lift you out of that miry bog that may be in your life. And allow Him to lift you out of that pit of destruction. It's okay to wait. And sometimes that's all you need to do. But it's hard. I get it. The deeper meaning that I see in this psalm is that it represents our lives, and I think it represents ultimately the human condition as a whole, is that while we wait in many aspects of our lives, where is that? while we wait in many aspects of our lives we are in that muck and that mire spiritually and we don't see a way out yeah we wait for like you know grocery stores we wait for like jobs we wait for like houses but really what we're waiting for is something spiritually we need to be lifted out of that spiritual muck and mire we may want to do better but we can't find our way out and we realize that we're unable we're left helpless and waiting, and while we may experience temporary deliverance in this life from our trials and periods of waiting, there's something greater that we always seem to be waiting for. That's why waiting is a current. That's why it's not seems like it's never going to end. But in the end, Christ's sacrifice is going to be that deliverance that lifts us up out of the spiritual mire once and for all. And as it says in verse 2, we're taken from the mire and put on a rock where our steps are secure. We're not going to sink back into that muck and that mire around us, but our, our steps are going to be secure. We're put on the rock of Christ. This rock is not going to be temporary, This rock is going to be the rock that stands forever. The rock of Christ's sacrifice is going to be the rock that's never going to sink into the mire. We're not going to have to be in that position again of waiting. This rock is the rock where we can sing our new song of praise to God that he has just put in our mouths. And just as David told the glad news of deliverance in his great congregation, we can also share in the rock of deliverance together as a great multitude of worshipers and as a multitude of sinners that have been brought out of the mire. And made righteous through one sacrifice. Not through our obedience, but through that sacrifice. Casey, Paul, you guys can come on up. So, while we all come from different backgrounds of life and waiting, the thing that remains the same is the avenue from deliverance from our waiting. There's only one way we can be delivered from our, from our waiting once and for all. Waiting is going to happen throughout our lives, but waiting will not happen forever. We won't have to wait when we're in the presence of the Lord. Amen? Waiting gives us the opportunity to let God redirect us. Waiting gives us the opportunity to let God lift us up and put us on the right path. We can be transformed by our waiting just as David was, and we can learn from that waiting period for the next time. Waiting is tough, and it's going to continue to be. Ask Rapunzel, Genevieve. She knows all about it. It's tough to wait. But when our lives get tangled up, he can incline his ear to our cry and help untangle us. So what do we do with this? Maybe you're in a time today of waiting. Let me encourage you to persist to cry out to the Lord and wait patiently. Don't try to take things into your own hands. The Lord will pull you out of waiting when it's time. And I don't know what you guys are all going through, but it's pretty much inevitable that one of us is going through a period of waiting right now. And maybe this time of waiting is not going to end like the way we think it's going to end or the way we want it to end. But what I do know is that the Lord is going to lift you out. The Lord is going to renew your strength if you wait on him. That's what I do know from scripture. So, Second scenario, maybe you've just been set free from a period of waiting and you're rejoicing. You're saying, thank you, God. You know, many of us have been there as well. Maybe many of us are there right now. That's great. Rejoice and be glad in the Lord for him delivering you in his presence and give praise to him. But don't allow your good news to be a distraction from strengthening your bond with the Lord or preparing for the future. Prepare yourself for the things to come so you don't need to enter another period of waiting as intense as that one because you'll be secure, confident in the Lord that he will bring you out of it and that he will bring you out of that miry bog and that pit of destruction. Maybe it won't have to be as deep next time or as hard to get out of. Maybe it will. I don't know. But for all of us, we... We have an excellent hope that we can wait for if we have that faith in Christ and the sacrifice that Christ made for us. We have hope in a life that ends waiting. The culmination of anything that we could hope for, He gives us that opportunity graciously to each and every one of us. Seek the Lord in those periods of waiting and understand that one day, waiting is going to come to an end. Praise the Lord. Waiting's weary, wearing. It bogs us down. Waiting's recurrent. Though it's temporary, it's going to happen in our lives. But waiting can be so worth it if we wait on the Lord. And he knows the timing for the plans that he has for our lives, and he'll see it through. We're going to do one more song, and I pray that you will search your heart see what part of this waiting cycle you're in. You're in a period of waiting right now and you need the Lord to lift you out. Now's the time to seek the Lord. If you've just been lifted out of a period of waiting, that's great. Rejoice, but prepare. And all of us, I invite you to think about that invitation that God gives graciously for us to have an opportunity to end waiting with Him in eternity if we believe in that sacrifice that He made.